You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Joining us right now to talk about Detroit Lions football is Justin Rogers from the Detroit News here on NFL No Huddle. Welcome into the show. Justin Lance Zerline here along with Anthony Beck. And let's, let's get right into it. Anthony and I talked earlier about uh, Matthew Stafford and his kind of his, his spot in the pecking order of NFL quarterbacks. And it seemed like to me, once Calvin Johnson moved on, Matthew Stafford, and I think this was, this was, uh, something that really helped his progress as a quarterback. He had to learn to trust other guys on the field. He had to learn to look at other spots on the field, get through progressions again. And I felt like it made him a better overall quarterback, uh, once he no longer could rely on his, his, his safety net, his, his safety blanket, Calvin Johnson. Yeah, I think the evolution probably even started a half season before that, uh, the last half season with Calvin when, when Jim Bob Cooter, you know, brought in as the offensive coordinator, he saw a really sharp incline in, in his completion percentage. I believe he finished that season the last eight games with an 18 touchdowns, two interception ratio, you know, just MVP like numbers. Then Calvin retires and, and they replace him with, with quantity uh, to go along with that quality. So you have so many weapons that none are maybe, tier one weapons, but a ton of tier two weapons in Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, Eric Ebron, Theo Riddick, so many options that can win matchups, which is what the NFL is all about. And Stafford learned or you know, showcased at least the ability to take advantage of that. Yeah, you know, speaking I, of I, Lions offense coordinator, yeah. uh, Jim Bob Cooter, he was actually, if I remember correctly, he is, doesn't he have issues uh, no, no, no. That's it's Joe Marciano who is special teams. Joe Marciano has the connections here in Houston, and he's got the potential issues with uh, Hurricane Harvey, if I remember correctly, right? He he does. Yeah, his family was was evacuated earlier this week. Uh, you know, probably find on most NFL rosters there's some level of connection. Glover Quinn, former player down there, still calls Houston home. His wife and three children are um, in Richmond and little little tied up because of some of the roads being uh, flooded down there, but. Um, you know, as, as far as I've been able to ascertain from the Lions roster, um, everybody that they're connected with is, is safe at this time. So, Justin, let's talk a little bit about this, more about the Stafford deal. You know, you, you kind of people have been kind of swayed. Some say, you know, listen, that he's on that echelon where he's almost kind of elite, not quite elite, but yet it's kind of where you're at right now. You can't find that kind of quarterback. The numbers are big. But then you have the other side that look at his record, wins against winning team, uh, winning record against teams with winning records, not very good. Uh, you know, and, and look at some of the the playoff success, not very good. How would you kind of sum it all up and, and make it sound as if you know this is the right thing, or or do you feel differently? No, I, I do think it's the right thing. You know, I, I think it's it's one of those situations where um, you're, you're almost pigeonholed into making the this decision. Uh, listen, we, we, we realize looking at teams like Cleveland or currently the Jets, Buffalo, Houston, teams that have struggled to find a quarterback for years, it's, it's really difficult. It's a lottery ticket every time you go into that draft or uh, hope that, that some mid-tier free agent is going to take that step into the, uh, you know, the elite starter category. It's, it's just very difficult in this league to find a quarterback. Uh, as I mentioned, the last uh, 18 or, or season and a half, for Stafford, he's he's really started trending toward what I think everybody thought he'd be when he came out as the number one overall pick in 2009. Um, is is he elite? Nope. 
he's not. You know, I think he's he's clearly in that that tier two category. And then you look at the team success. Yeah, it is the the hole in his resume. But I know both of you know, and um, you know, probably many of your listeners know that that football really is the ultimate team game. And know we like to to praise the quarterback for for carrying teams because uh, nobody touches the ball more than the quarterback. But uh, you know, they do shoulder too much of the blame, and they they do get too much of the praise often for a team success. This is a, this was a team that was zero and sixteen when Stafford came here, completely depleted, devoid of talent outside of Calvin Johnson. Um, they've, they've gone to the playoffs three times in the last five years. They're, they're trending in the right direction. You know, if you took Stafford off that roster last year, I, I would strongly contend that that team wins two games. So, so to me, if you want to use a baseball term, Stafford's worth six to seven wins above replacement. Um, you know, that, that's about as much as you can ask from the quarterback. It's about getting more depth, more talent around him, on, on both sides of the ball, and that's general manager Bob Quinn's task. Yeah, but, you know, I, I think it is worth mentioning at least that by the time Matt Staff Matt Stafford is not even remotely cuttable until uh, he's 33 years old, uh, until after he's 33, until he's 34 years old. So, and that would be the last year of his deal. He's going to be set to earn in the neighborhood of $300 million when he's all done. And, of course, it, it is worth noting he was drafted in 2009 when the old uh, wage scale was in place, not the new rookie wage scale. So he signed a six-year, $72 million deal when it was first started with $78 million if you add the escalators and incentives. So, you know, clearly from a dollar standpoint, People are going to look at him as as potentially the highest paid quarterback in the history of the game. I think he's going to end up being that. So I, I don't think it's necessarily unfair at the end of that body of work to say how successful were you at leading your offense and in leading your team to victories. It's it is not just a quarterback's job. We understand there's both sides of the ball. Um, but I do think that ultimately he is going to be viewed with a little different lens and a little different filter because of that huge amount of money that's going to be tied to his name when, when his playing career is done. No, I think it's it's absolutely a fair criticism. You know, I think we look at great quarterbacks like Dan Marino even and, and not having that, that Super Bowl victory, uh, you know, holds him back from being in that, that conversation of greatest all time. Uh, with, with Stafford, there's not even a playoff win on the resume, and that's that's a really um, damning criticism. You know, he led eight come-from-behind victories last year. You know he can do it in the clutch. Uh, the, the statistics have gotten better every year. He he just needs to have that team success to really complete the, the resume. And to this point, you know, you look at the roster last year, not a single Pro Bowler on that roster. You know, it says something that a team without a Pro Bowler is able to get to the playoffs. You know, I, I think, you know, you, you look at the coach and you look at the, the quarterback there and you say they, you know, probably did a, a pretty damn good job if that was the scenario they were dealt with. But, you know, he has had three cracks in the postseason and, uh, you know, had a really good opportunity to get it done in Dallas. The game last year, I know he had the broken finger, but that was a tight game going into the fourth quarter and they let it slip away. Uh, didn't do anything offensively. You know, he needs to step up and be bigger in those big moments. How about uh, look? Let's look at uh, you know some of the weapons. Obviously, that he's been producing the ball, and obviously you're getting Ibram back. 
Looks like he got uh, back to practice this week. What's his status? And talk about, you know, I called your the, the Jets uh, game against you guys in Detroit, and Kenny Galladay was, was a big name, a hot topic uh, after that first preseason game, and he looks like he may get some reps with the ones. Talk about those two players, Eric coming back, and Kenny's potential of being a guy that can make an impact. Yeah, Ebron tweaked his hamstring in the, the first uh, training camp practice, and and really has been out since. Uh, it's, a, it's a you know a young player that has kind of had a lot of these nicks and bruises over his early stages of his career, and I think the Lions more than anything just took extreme precaution with him. They didn't want that hamstring injury, you know, an injury that tends to linger to carry into the regular season. The young player has gotten better every single season in terms of production. Uh, the, the, the touchdowns went down last year with Anquan Bolden vacuuming a lot of those up, but in terms of receptions, in terms of yardage, uh, he's gotten better every year, and he's starting to, to slowly live up to that first-round draft label. As for Galladay, you know, if you look at the depth chart and you look at all the weapons the Lions have, in reality, he's probably going to be the fifth or sixth weapon in their offense, which is kind of crazy to think. I think the, the hype for him uh, got pretty high because he was one of those rookies that came in and did everything right won his matchups against the second-team defense, the third-team defense, worked his way up the depth chart through the, the process you'd like to see. But once he gets in there, he is going to get first-team reps. He's going to see some first-team reps as the third receiver. They'll move Golden Tate into the slot in those three wide receiver sets. But I still would be surprised if he finishes with much more than, than 40 receptions as a rookie. Curious if uh, if you know if the Lions were able to get their hands on any Rams tape because I see that Greg Robinson starting left tackle, and uh, this on the heels of a five year one hundred thirty five million dollar uh, right handed quarterback who has a blind side that happens to be on that side. I'm concerned because I know Taylor Decker is injured, and I, I want to ask you about his status. But uh, are the Lions okay with uh, Cyrus Quanja was just cut, so they're okay? with uh, Greg Robinson, and if not, do you think that they will say that Cornelius Lucas, that they will default to Cornelius Lucas quickly if Robinson has the same issues that he had with the Rams? No, I, th- I think Robinson's actually going to have a, a fairly long leash here uh, with, with Decker out. They really like his athleticism. They believe that the change of scenery is, is going to be a, a big uh, correcting factor to his game, and uh, you know, listen, it hasn't been easy for Robinson. It's, he's switching schemes. He's learning a new playbook. He's learning or, or being asked to play a different technique than what he played in Los Angeles, all while missing the important growing moments of, of minicamp and OTA is the time where you know, most, most players that are acquired uh, really get a feel for their fit within a scheme. Uh, he, he struggled pretty mightily for the first two weeks of, of training camp. But once he got in the preseason game, you, you kind of saw how he fits in the scheme. Uh, his, his pass protections looked better. He's not wasting a lot of motion. And then the other good thing about the Lions and, and having Stafford versus, you know, the, the slew of different quarterbacks that the Rams have, have rolled out there in recent years is, you know, the, the Lions offense, the passing game is predicated on, on quick hits. You know, they're, they're not looking downfield a whole lot during the average game. Stafford's one of the fastest in the league behind uh, you know, guys like Tom Brady and, and getting rid of the football. So really all Robinson has to do is be fundamentally sound for about 2.2 seconds. And I know it's not a big difference. You know, you're talking about a quarter of a second, but a quarter of a second is a huge difference in terms of average time to throw between one team and the next in the NFL. Well, it'll be uh, interesting jo- to see how the Lions are able to uh, to take care of that. Anthony, one thing that I know that you wanted to, something that, that we, we talked about the Lions defense 
is there a guy who's more explosive who, in terms of how quickly he transitioned from college as a potential diamond in the rough to explosive player than Ziggy Ansah? Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I, I I remember going down to the Senior Bowl, and uh, you know that's where Ansa's momentum really started to pick up. People were talking about him as a fringe first round guy at that point, and uh, once they saw how he went from almost lost in that first practice, the Lions coaching staff was down there, so I had you know a little bit more time to focus. He was almost lost running through the, the drills that the coaches were putting him through that first day. By the end of the week, he was so fluid, and then that game, uh, I. I believe could be wrong but i think he won the mvp of that game so um his transition to the nfl level he's got all the, the physical tools you can want in a player i mean speed power size um you know he is the prototypical defense end. the only thing that's probably working against him is uh, one his durability and you know two he just hasn't seen it all yet there's just not there's something to be said about the, the value of experience and, and seeing the different ways guys play you but Gunther Cunningham, the former defensive coordinator for the Lions, he's won his durability, and you know, two, he just hasn't seen it all yet. There's just not. There's something to be said about the, the value of experience and, and seeing the different ways guys play you. But Gunther Cunningham, the former defensive coordinator for the Lions, used to say the thing he loved about Ansa is he hadn't played long enough to have bad habits ingrained, so he was able to basically retrain it from scratch. And um, you know, we've seen. The, the potency of, of his ability on the field with, with 14 and a half sacks in that third season, eight in his first two last year, he was completely, the production was completely set by a high ankle sprain. It's another guy where he's been nicked up. This, this training camp has been on pup list all year, but you know, I, I think he's been closer to healthy here for the last couple of weeks. Lions are just not taking any risk with him. They think he, he can, uh, you know, drop him in there with a few practices and, and he'll be ready to go. Justin, you know, I got to talk to, Terrell Austin, you know, we go way back to Big East days when he was at Syracuse and I was at West Virginia. And as we went through the league and I was like, man, you know, tell me some of these fresh, the fresh blood, these guys. And I, and I look at two players, one, a free agent and, the, and a rookie, you know, he really, his eyes kind of got big when I mentioned Jared Davis, you know, he might not have all the answers yet. And you look at the production of your linebackers last year. I mean, no sacks, no interceptions. He's a serious upgrade, and he really feels good about him. And then on the free agent side, when I turn the tape back on and watch the film of the Jets game, Akeem Spence, who was in Tampa, and I cover Tampa down here also, who didn't really get his opportunities, he was dominating the line of scrimmage. And I know there's a little bit of buzz about maybe they might have found something there in free agency with his play. Yeah, Spence looked incredible in that game against the Jets. There's there's no doubt his burst off the ball. Defensive linemen just love playing in Detroit, particularly the interior linemen, because they're not asked to play on their heels. They're not asked to read. They're asked to attack. You know, and every player wants to make plays. And so you tell a defensive lineman, a 300-pound guy, to go out there and get the ball, to attack your gap with passion and be disruptive in the backfield. Who wouldn't want to play in that scheme? And, and he's shown, uh, you know, d- despite maybe some – uh, negative or underwhelming scouting reports coming in that, that he has the potential to to thrive in, in this defensive scheme. He looked really good in that Jets game. Uh, unfortunately, he, uh, the Lions lost Jordan Hill this week. It was another young, a little bit undersized, pass-rushing defensive tackle. That pairing with Spence was, was looking very potent together. Um, he, he's been ruled out for the year. As for Davis, uh, I, I had read everything about his football character coming in 
Uh, obviously, I, I love your scouting reports on, on NFL.com. I read them every year, so there's that. Oh, th- but Thanks, um, I appreciate it. Yeah, but the, 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 the reports were as, as accurate as I've ever heard them. This guy is a coach's dream. He says all the right things. He does all the right things. He is a charismatic and natural leader. He's got the physical gifts. Um, and, and listen, he's a rookie. He's playing a very difficult position in middle linebacker. You're the, the general of that defense, and uh, you, you're going to see the ups and downs. You saw him in the third preseason game. Brady made him look silly on a couple pass routes um, on, on guys crossing his face. He got caught flat-footed, got burned badly. He's going to learn from those mistakes. Uh, he, he said all the right things after that game about how you know it was good to be embarrassed like that and how he's going to learn from it. Um, I, I just think the world of Jared Davis, I think he's going to be an outstanding football player. It might not be year one, but you know, once, once he gets his feet wet and he gets that experience, and he's seen some things and adjusted to the, the speed and the strength of, of NFL players. I, I think he's going to be a, a good player in this league for a long time. That is Justin Rogers from the Detroit news talking some lions football. Justin, man, thanks for so much for joining us here on NFL. Know how to, we appreciate it. Hey, anytime fellas. Appreciate you having me. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.